from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. So I went home that day, told my mother, and she was like, wow, you wanted something. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> uh, sleep well overnight, just unwinding your mind. And usually after you finish your game, you don't want to do much. One round every day, and we have a rest day in the middle. Each game, I would say, takes about four, five, even six hours, so it's a lot of work. I'm Jeremy Goodman. Talia Cervantes Londero was born in Havana and moved to St. Louis to pursue her dreams of becoming a professional chess player. At 19, she holds the title of Grandmaster. She's a student at St. Louis University and, of course, a member of its chess team, which is doing pretty well. It won two major championships this year. That's the Pan American Collegiate Championship in January and then the President's Cup in April. Uh, Talia was a, the top female at the Continental Chess Championship in El Salvador earlier this year. Also, it's been a big Big 2022 so far, and this week she competes in the U.S. Girls Junior Championship at the St. Louis Chess Club. Chess Grandmaster Talia Cervantes-Londero, thanks for joining the program. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. How did you get into chess in the first place? I started playing chess in Cuba uh, when I was uh, a child. I think it was just all around me in general. It's Chess is a big part of our culture. Um, especially because uh, the third world champion was from Cuba. And I always saw people playing chess on the streets. I was very intrigued by it, but I didn't people get to People playing chess on the streets. That's the right. environment there? Right. So like in the in the like the like corners of the streets or in some park, um, usually it's people after work. They just gather up, they smoke some cigarettes, they just hang out, get to talk and play chess. And I would often see that after school, and I got intrigued by chess, and um, yeah, eventually I learned it in second grade at school. You were second second grade. Do you remember a moment when you were playing and you said, "I want to keep doing this. This is good." It's a funny story actually, because as every little girl, I tried ballet, right, and it didn't work well for me. I think I twisted my ankle. Then I tried painting, and it also didn't work out. So I was trying out a few different. Um, passed, right? And it seemed like none of them worked out. And This is at a pretty young age, though, right? We're talking about what, <laughs> right, seven, seven like or eight? S- actually, like six, seven. Okay. Yes. Um, but I'm sorry to hear your painting <laughs> technique wasn't up to snuff at six years old. It's okay. My sister took all of the artistics. Okay. Uh, so, yes. And, um, yeah, I played my first ever chess game at school, and I actually defeated my friend somehow just after learning the rules. So I went home that day, told my mother, and she was like, wow, you wanted something. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> and yeah, so I joined a, like a chess institute in Havana soon after, and I fell in love with the game. Mm. And so at some point you start having discussions about moving. Is that to find a place where you could thrive as a chess player? Right. Um, so the years that I lived in Cuba, I was one of the top girls in the in the country like in my age range um i would say like uh, 10 to 11 year old i won a couple of 12 to 14 year old tournaments even though i was 11 and i was doing pretty good for myself then i got the opportunity to participate in a tournament here in st louis actually it was called 
um, the Susan Polga Foundation Girls Invitational. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2014. My mother got um, the invitation via email. And she started setting up all of the plans for us to move here, play that tournament, and see where it takes us. What I mean, we, we talk about it as St. Louis residents sometimes, but hearing an outside view is really interesting. What What's the chess culture like here from your experience? It's absolutely amazing. I mean, in comparison to Cuba, of course, the United States as a whole is a lot bigger, right? So there's a lot more diversity and a lot more um, chess schools and programs and likings and everything. Uh, but it's nice to see that here in St. Louis, there is such a big chess community because we have the St. Louis Chess Club, the World Chess Hall of Fame. We have St. Louis University, Webster University, even Missou, right? And um, a lot of just chess all around. And even now in the summer, a lot of the, the top chess players in the country or even in the world come to visit. So it's always exciting. And it's certainly the place to be at if you want to make progress wow. in the game. Okay. And making progress, everyone wants to get improve their game and maybe win a tournament here and there. Can you can someone be a professional chess player in this day and age? Certainly, I think so. Um, I feel like in previous years there was more of a stigma against it that you wouldn't be able to make it as a professional chess player and like fulfill all of the needs in life at the mm-hmm. same time. But now uh, universities have chess teams, right? So they want us and they offer us scholarships. Uh, there is a. Do you have a, Did you attend on a, a, chess, a chess scholarship? Right. That's how okay. that's how I got started with um, St. Louis University. But I have been winning scholarships actually since the age of twelve. Um, when I was twelve years old back in twenty fifteen, I won a like full tuition for Webster University. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I kind of known that 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 type of prize exists from chess tournaments, um, but. Yeah, so chess universities want us to make chess teams. The St. Louis Chess Club provides a lot of opportunities, especially they're making some expansions now. Um, And I have been an instructor with them officially for three years now. Oh, cool. So that's also like a second home to me. Um, Yes, and you can, you know, uh, go around the world, uh, play chess tournaments, teach chess to other people. I've taught a couple of summer camps uh, so is, it, is, is, the, is the money in actually winning tournaments and, and then doing some private instruction? Right. There's, there are many chances. There are many opportunities. So you can, um, you can teach. You can play, right, for your own. That's probably the more fun version um, and get prize funds from that. Um, you can work with a chess club like the St. Louis Chess Club. And even in this day and age, right, we have streaming, mm. which has become a lot more popular, and a lot of people have made a living out of it, just um, getting does... online and playing chess games or even tournaments, sometimes commentating those tournaments, just making it fun for the chess oh, wow. community online. Okay. Yes. So much as we, we see esports uh, competitors uh, streaming their their hours and hours of gaming, uh, there's a, there's an analogy to that with, with chess players? Of course, yeah, especially since the pandemic started. Uh, chess, you know, it's a game that you can play online. Uh, it's not as physical, so a lot of people can tune in and watch someone um, solve puzzles or play a tournament or play, like, super speed games, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people enjoy that, and they get to watch a player grow. They get to... Uh, follow the top tournaments in the world, 
and they get to improve themselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us about this this tournament this week, the U.S. Junior Girls Championship. What what goes into the actual tournament itself? What's your week going to be like? Right. So the tournament is actually very long. It goes from um, July 6th, I believe it's today, until the 17th. Um, it's nine rounds and one round every day, and we have a rest day in the middle. Each game, I would say, takes about four, five, even six hours, so it's a lot of work. Um, but it is very exciting. It's very fun. Uh, you get to see friends from the tournament that you haven't seen in a while. Um and not only do we have the U.S. junior girls going on, but also the U.S. juniors and the U.S. seniors as well, which is more of a recent inclusion. Um, and you also, I mean, j- just get the, the top you know, junior players and senior players in the, in the country, which, you know, they're also just top players in general as well. So it is quite exciting to, to watch. And I would say this... Uh, this group of tournaments is probably the second strongest overall in the United States or the second most important. Okay. The, the first one would be the, the U.S. Women's Championship and the U.S. Championship, right? Um, which is just out of all ages, the top players in the world, in the country, sorry. So, yes, it's it's always very fun, very exciting. This is my last year, so I'm really hoping that I can do well. Tell you, so on, say, day five of an 11-day tournament, you've played your fifth six-hour match how do you go recharge or relax or what do you do with the rest of the day well the nice thing as said is that we have a rest day in the middle so actually after round five we have a rest day and usually we do nothing <laughs> on that day um one but, of those days where doing nothing is very important right right um it's just like it just sounds exhausting it sounds mentally exhausting to me right it is very mentally exhausting so I would say, you know, it's always important to uh, sleep well overnight and um, have a little bit of time for preparation, but also for just unwinding your mind. And usually after you finish your game, you don't want to do much. You maybe just eat some light dinner and um, continue resting. Some people like just getting all of the stress out by going to the gym. Um, there are a lot of ways to, to calm down, but... It's not. It's probably not as simple as it looks on camera. I guess. I would. I would think it. It is not. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> for tournaments of this stature, is there an audience involved? Right. So um, I'm not sure exactly for this tournaments they allow physical spectators to watch because. Do you have that sometimes? Um, yeah, we usually do. The thing is that the chess club right now is going through an expansion, so. I believe that's the reason why they don't allow physical spectators, but there is always um, a big following online, especially through the St. Louis Chess Club YouTube channel. Do you hear from fans? Um, I do, actually. Uh, I don't like to think of people as fans. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little humble about that, but uh, I I certainly hear, like, feedback about the tournament and how people follow it. And I have friends, you know, cheering me on and family as well. Um, but yes, there's always, there's always like a big group of people watching the tournament because we offer commentary as well by professional commentators. So, so they get to talk about all of our games and people online get to watch and also understand what's going on. So there's people analyzing the game as it goes. Right. That sounds pretty fun. 
Yes, and usually we do like a little interview after the game and we go over what we were thinking and how it contrasts with what the commentators were saying. And it's a very fun, uh, very fun experience. So this is the last year you can participate in the, in the junior level because you're, that right. goes up to age 20, right? And right, and I'm turning 20 years old this year. Okay, what's, what's next for you in chess? Um, I'm not sure exactly, right? I don't have to, I don't like to have set plans because there are always things coming along the way. But um, I'm going to try and have fun as much as I can. Of course, I'll be busy most of the year with um, my my school, right, at St. Louis University. But I plan to participate in the U.S. Women's Championship if I can. Um, there are also the... Uh, Does world, that happen every year? Yes, in, in October. They're making it this year. Um, uh, if I can, I'll participate in the um, Continental Women's Championship and some other international events where I can get some titles or some invitations for even bigger tournaments. Um, so there's a path out there for you to follow. Right. There's always something going sounds on. sounds like you like to stay focused on what's in right. front of you, but there's things coming around the bend that you can work toward. It's probably the chess mind, right? Like always trying to look one step <laughs> ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, we're actually out of time. Thank you so much for coming in to talk about this. Um, this... Uh, it, It sounds like exciting stuff you're involved in, so break a leg in this tournament. Thank you so much. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.